Welcome to the new Conductor's Notes podcast featuring David Allen Miller from WMHT.org. David Allen Miller conducts the Albany Symphony and he provides commentary on the WMHT live broadcast. David's commentary is full of fascinating stories about the music, the performances, and more. In order to keep the program mostly music, some of what he provides ends up on the cutting room floor. This podcast contains no music, but it does contain all of David Allen Miller's commentary from the concert broadcast on WMHT Live on WMHT-FM, your classical companion. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. The Conductor's Notes podcast, featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony Concert Broadcast, is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. This concert came into being because of an old friendship I have with a brilliant young cellist whom I knew when he was about 12 years old. The cellist is Matt Heimovitz, and he's one of the most amazing artists I've encountered. I, I first got to know him when I was uh, conducting the Juilliard Pre-College Orchestra when I was still in my early 20s, and he was a 12-year-old wunderkind, a student of Leonard Rose and a protege of Yo-Yo Ma. Uh, he was already playing with all the great orchestras. And so this was a great opportunity for me to invite my old friend Matt Heimovitz, with whom I really haven't worked for many, many years, to come play with the Albany Symphony. He's a very adventurous, inventive, creative fellow, very much the way we like to think our Albany Symphony is. And so when I first talked to him about coming, I asked whether we could commission a new work for him around December, perhaps a piece based on klezmer tunes. Matt's had a series of commissions he's been doing called Buck the Concerto, concertos for kind of unusual ensembles, cello with choir or cello with big band. And I posited the idea of a klezmer concerto, but I wanted it first written for a, an orchestra playing klezmer with cello. He loved the idea, and so I asked my friend Stephen Dankner, who lives here in the region in Williamstown, if he'd be willing to create such a concerto. And then I decided to try to build a concert around that idea of a klezmer concerto. Klezmer, of course, being the music that was played by little bands, little ensembles, in little Jewish shtetl or villages around Eastern Europe in the last couple of centuries, particularly wedding bands. And so I thought, why not do a concert called Music from the Old Country and also play some sort of classic music by Eastern European composers? So we decided also to play a set of Bartok Romanian dances, Romanian folk dances, very famous pieces by Bartok, as well as Dmitry Shostakovich's searingly powerful first cello concerto, a work I've always wanted to do and never had done before. And then I thought, well, since we're heading toward Eastern Europe, why not stop off in Austria, in Vienna, which is almost Eastern Europe, and play a little bit of Schubert to begin. So that's the way the concert was put together. And here to begin the concert is one of my all-time favorite works, and certainly one of the great works of the Western canon, Franz Schubert's so-called Unfinished Symphony, these two movements in B minor. And the history of this piece is, of course, very odd in that here's this major work that sat on a shelf essentially for 40 years after Schubert's death, or almost 40 years. You know, Schubert was so busy, so prolific, and so practical, pragmatic when he was in his 20s, writing works like, like the Unfinished Symphony, that my theory about the Unfinished Symphony is that he probably got another offer to do a piece that someone was actually going to pay him for. And so he put aside the symphony he was working on, i.e. the Unfinished, and never got back around to finishing it. In fact, at this period, there were a number of unfinished works, mainly symphonic fragments that exist by Schubert. It was written in, in uh, 1822, so Schubert would have been about... 
24, 25 years old when he started working on this. And the first movement, of course, is an allegro, but a rather stately allegro, moderato, allegro moderato, moderate allegro. And the second movement is an achingly beautiful andante con moto, a walking tempo with just a certain amount of movement. So here now, the Albany Symphony, playing Schubert's Unfinished Symphony, uh, the Symphony Number no. 8 in B minor. The conductor is me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. That was Schubert's Unfinished Symphony from 1822. The orchestra was the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. Next on our program was this very exciting world premiere that we commissioned specifically for Matt Heimowitz's visit uh, this time to the symphony. And uh, it's a work called Out of Endless Yearning, a klezmer fantasy for cello and orchestra, receiving its world premiere on these concerts. As I mentioned, Stephen Dankner, uh, the composer, is now a resident of Williamstown, of our larger region. He spent a great number of years living and working in New Orleans and left New Orleans around the time of Hurricane Katrina. Uh, As a young man, he grew up in Brooklyn and, uh, as he himself admitted, uh, played in a number of klezmer ensembles when he was a a young pianist starting out. Uh, And so when I called Stephen and asked him whether he felt he could write a a piece based on or inspired by klezmer, by Eastern European Jewish folk music, uh, he actually leapt at the chance, and I I had a feeling that he was just the right person to do this. So he went back and got a whole bunch of CDs of different klezmer ensembles, and you know, there's quite... Klezmer has become quite a broad genre, going back to very traditional klezmer from the uh, 18th century, all the way up to a sort of heavy metal klezmer, or klezmer metal, I guess as it's called, uh, and everything in between. So he went back and listened particularly to a lot of of traditional klezmer, and and as he described it, uh, the greatest challenge was figuring out how to write a klezmer piece for a klezmer band where the front man, where the person in front and the, the main voice is in fact a cello. Because the instruments that are most commonly associated with klezmer or a violin and trumpet and clarinet and accordion. And a cello, having a, a lower voice and being a string instrument, has the challenge of not necessarily coming through quite as easily. So I must say that he was very uh, uh, sensitive and delicate in the way he created accompaniments, but he did integrate into this really cello concerto, uh, a great deal of, of original klezmer sound. So the violin, our first violinist, Jill Levy, has a number of solos, as is our first clarinetist, Susan Martula, and our, our trumpet player, in this case, Eric Latini, uh, one of the members of our trumpet section, a fine, fine trumpeter. And uh, in addition, Stephen introduced a number of sort of traditional klezmer instruments, wonderful accordionist, uh, as well as a mandolin and a saxophone, and a drummer not playing percussion, but playing the instruments that a klezmer band might have had a snare drum, a suspended cymbal, and a little woodblock to sort of give it all this very authentic klezmer flavor. The way the piece is organized is essentially in six continuous movements. And the way Stephen described it to us is as if you were at a wedding in a little shtetl, in a little village in Eastern Europe, and a klezmer band were playing, they would play maybe a 20-minute set, starting slow and working up essentially to a frenzy, fast kind of music. And so the piece does essentially do that. It starts with a slow, what's called a doina, uh, a cantorial chant, and then the dances begin a Romanian hora, which is kind of slow, a chosidil, which is a, a chosid's dance, uh, a bulgar, a Bulgarian dance, and then there's an extended cadenza, very slow and introspective, leading back to excitement, and then a final, very exciting kind of dance called the Kozatsky. So here now, the world premiere of Stephen Dankner's work, Out of Endless Yearning, a Klezmer Fantasy for Cello and Orchestra. The cello soloist is the amazing Matt Heimowitz, 
and uh, the orchestra is the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. The second half of our program opened with some music that, frankly, is very close in style and idiom and, and sound world to Stephen Dankner's piece. It's Bella Bartok's Romanian Folk Dances. This is a set of uh, seven dances that Bartok pulled together and first conceived for piano solo and then uh, rescored for chamber orchestra. That's the version we're playing for you this evening. It's also been extensively adapted for other instruments. There's a very famous violin piano version of it, as well as a string orchestra version and any number of other instrumental versions. So any young violinists out there will probably recognize some of these dances because they appear quite frequently on violin recitals. Uh, as I said, there are seven dances. The first one, Jokubata, dances with sticks. Uh, the second one, Braul, is a sash dance. The third, Pelok, is called In One Spot, in which the dancer stands in one place and just stamps and moves around on the spot. The fourth dance, Buchemena, is a horn dance. The fifth dance is the Poarga Romanesca, a Romanian polka. And the sixth and seventh dances are called Marontels. They're quick dances. And uh, if you're counting movements, you'll be confused because the last three movements are all played without an interruption. So here now the seven dances that comprise Bartok's Romanian folk dance suite. Bella Bartok's music played by the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast. Only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org. That was Bartok's Romanian Folk Dances, played by the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller. That was the first work on the second half of our Memories of the Old Country concert. The final work on the program is a, a work that's very close to my heart, even though I had never done it before. It's Dmitry Shostakovich's Cello Concerto No. 1, Opus 107. So it's a fairly late work of Shostakovich's, uh, written in 1959, after most of the stormiest periods in Shostakovich's life. As you probably recall, Shostakovich, of course, being the leading composer of the Soviet era in Russian music, uh, had great fame and fortune, but had suffered through great persecution, as did all fine artists under the Soviet system. In fact, at two points in his life, in the mid-30s and then in the late 40s, his music was denounced and he was practically purged and he expected during those periods to be taken away in the night, never to return. Miraculously, he survived all the Stalinist terrors with his psyche relatively intact. And uh, later in his life, he created not one, but actually two cello concertos for his very close personal friend, Mstislav Rostropovich, the great Russian uh, cellist and also one of the leading cultural figures in Russia and then after his immigration to the United States in America. Rostropovich, as you probably remember, died earlier this year, great loss for the music world. Um, Rostropovich is credited not just with bringing these Shostakovich works into the world, but uh, for a commissioning and, and fostering an incredible amount of, uh, of new music for cello and orchestra by all of the 20th centuries, or almost all of the 20th century's leading composers. But the works to which he probably was closest and most closely with which he was probably most closely identified are these two concerti of Shostakovich. Uh, they were practically like brothers, and Rostropovich toured with uh, Shostakovich and played his music with Shostakovich on the piano. The two families were very close. 
And uh, Shostakovich's first wife once early on warned Rostropovich that if he ever wanted a cello concerto from Shostakovich, the only sure way to make sure that uh, Shostakovich would write him one would be never, ever to bring the subject up. And so Rostropovich always explained that he, he did exactly as he was told, and he never mentioned such a thing. And one day in 1959, the phone rang, and it was Shostakovich saying, come over, I've, I've written a concerto for you. And what a concerto it was. Rostropovich was so excited that he went home and memorized the piece in four days and came back to Shostakovich with his accompanist and played it from memory. Shostakovich couldn't believe it. It's a very powerful work, as are so many of Shostakovich's works. The first movement is a very mechanistic movement uh, in that uh, it seems to me always to sort of be describing this very impersonal, uh, somewhat oppressive world in which Shostakovich had to dwell the last movement also seems somewhat mechanistic, and if anything, it's a little bit uh, crazy intense. It even has encoded in it Stalin's favorite folk song. Shostakovich, of course, feared and loathed Stalin as much as most Soviet citizens did, but was never able to say such things. But by encoding Stalin's favorite song in the last moment of his symphony, I think he paid a sort of indirect homage to the fact that it was a wonderful thing that Stalin was no longer in the picture. Uh, so the outer movements are, are rather brutal in, in style and scope. And the middle movement, there is a gigantic middle movement, the second movement, uh, followed by an extended cadenza, which is actually numbered the third movement. So it's really a four-movement form. The second movement, like so many of Shostakovich's slow movements, is one of these extremely powerful, poignant, really raw movements. In essence, if in fact my reading of the piece is right, that the outer movements could represent the brutality of the society in which the individual lives, this inner movement with its enormous cadenza to follow is really kind of a window into the suffering and the feeling of, of the sentient human being who must survive in this kind of milieu. And so it's uh, one of the most beautiful of all of Shostakovich's slow movements and an extraordinary uh, cadenza which takes us from the introspection of the slow movement to the, the edge of the brutality of the finale. And it's a, an amazing work played, I think, quite beautifully and poignantly by our cello soloist, Matt Heimovitz. Matt is accompanied by the Albany Symphony, conducted by me, David Allen Miller, in this, Dmitry Shostakovich's Cello Concerto Number 1. The Conductor's Notes podcast, featuring David Allen Miller's commentary for the Albany Symphony Concert broadcast, is made possible in part by a grant from the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, supporting nonprofit organizations that have a history of substantial commitment to contemporary music. This is the Conductor's Notes podcast, only from WMHT-FM, your classical companion, and WMHT.org.